hello and welcome to another episode of the Animal Central Podcast. This is episode number 104, 104, and I am your host, Frederick Fishman, author of the 12-book animal series, available on Amazon in print and Kindle, called Animal Central, or also known as Visit the Zoo. Our website and direct link to our YouTube channel and our growing weekly animals videos is at www.animals-central.com. That's www.animals-central.com. Okay, we have a lot of content for you today, so let's get started. And we're going to start off, as we do every episode, with our news about all the great animals. And there's one that I'm going to get to here in just a second you're going to love. But let's start with this mystery here. Did you know that giraffes hum to each other throughout the night? And zookeepers never noticed. Giraffes produce humming vocalizations at an average frequency of 92 hertz. Until now, giraffe caretakers had reason to believe that their long-necked vegetarian friends were strictly silent beings. A 13-foot-long trachea isn't exactly conducive to easy vocalization. Scientists assumed that, if anything, giraffes, like elephants, might produce an infrasonic or ultra-low sound below the range of human hearing. But without the data to back it up, researchers couldn't guarantee that giraffes weren't simply producing audible noises out of human earshot. So a team at the University of Vienna painstakingly gathered 947 hours of giraffe noises over an eight-year period at three European zoos. They measured their spectral characteristics with the goal of finding, once and for all, whether giraffes' socially structured society lends itself to vocal communications. What they found was that at night, giraffes produced a harmonic and sustained humming that varied in frequency over time. Not only were they humming, but these vocalizations were within the range that humans could hear, albeit on a low side, at an average of 92 hertz. Based on their acoustic structure, scientists reported in the journal BMC Research Notes that these vocalizations might function as a communicative signals to convey information about the physical and motivational attributes of the caller. Though the scientists have not yet correlated these sounds to behavior that will require more extensive search involving night vision technology, they do know that vocalizations in other species with similar social structure is known to convey information about age, gender, sexual arousal, dominance, and more. The specific qualities of giraffe sounds could lead to further insights on how these animals interact with each other and with other species. Now, for this next story, I can only preface it by saying this time of year, if you live in Florida 
and it gets below freezing at night and you want to take a night walk, you better wear a hat or a hard helmet. Iguanas drop from trees in Florida cold. This is a news story out of St. Petersburg, Florida. A cold snap in Florida is different than in other places. The National Weather said Sunday it's all going to warm up nicely after the weekend, but the low temperatures near freezing are quite rare in Florida. But at first glance, the citrus, strawberry, and tomato winter crops suffered no damage. Farmers spray water onto those crops to help protect them from the cold. Now, as for iguanas, uh, you all know what an iguana is. It's a small lizard about a foot long. They are an invasive species well accustomed to the trees of southern Florida. When it gets cold below 40 degrees Fahrenheit, they go to in a sort of suspended animation mode, and they fall to the ground from the trees. But they usually wake up with the sun's warmth. It got cold in Florida this weekend, and the National Weather Service reported that in West Palm Beach, it hit 37 degrees, the coldest part of the morning in 12 years. Up the East Coast in Vero Beach, the record low was 30 degrees, and that was a record set in 1978. So like I said at the beginning of the story, if you're out at night and you're walking, you better wear a hat, that's for sure. All right, let's go now to a series that everybody loves. I've heard a lot of words from people. They love the animal description segments because I like to play a lot of uh, animal noises so we can hear what some of these sound like. And what I'm going to do today is I'm going to focus on farm animals. And this really can apply to most any farm around the world. We have about 40 countries that download this Animal Central podcast. I want to thank you very much for doing that. But in discussing farm animals, most any place in the world, you're going to hear the sounds of animals, well, let's say like sheep. Or maybe chickens. That's enough with the chickens. Maybe ducks. (laughs) And of course, you're always going to have some dogs wandering around. And probably cats. Yeah, okay, thank you very much, Kitty. But the three animals that probably are the most popular are pigs, horses, and cattle. So let's first talk about pigs. (laughs) 
Uh, that that was a pig, by the way. That that wasn't me. Let, let me play it again. Now, pigs are found around the world, and they are domesticated, even-toed hoofed animals. They weigh anywhere from 110 to 770 pounds. There's some big guys out there. They're about three to six feet long. As livestock, they're used for their meat. It's called pork. And their miniature breeds sometimes are kept as pets. They have long snouts, and they make grunting sounds, like you just heard, or squealing noises. They lose heat by wallowing in water or mud. Pig is considered to be a subspecies of the wild boar. They've been domesticated for about 12,000 years, and they arrived to Europe from the Near East about 8,500 years ago. Pigs like the company of small groups of other pigs rather than large herds, and they have developed a keen sense of smell and 310-degree vision. They're used as livestock for human consumption around the world. But in Judaism and Islam around the world, pork is forbidden. About 700 million pigs are in the world today at any one time. Half of that number is in China. Okay, let's have our next farm animal. And of course, you know what that is. Horse, right. And horses are one-toed animals. Excuse me, they're one-toed hoofed mammals closely tied to human history for thousands of years. Humans began domesticating over 6,000 years ago, these animals, for work and transportation. They are adapted to run, and they are domesticated, and some birds are feral as well. They're wild. They're also used for sport. They can sleep standing up or laying down, and they have an average lifespan of 25 to 30 years. They are bred to match how they interact with humans, whether it's for sport, work, and warfare, and sometimes casual riding. Their size varies depending upon the breed, but their weight can be up to 3,000 pounds. There's so much information I could give you on horses that could be its own Animal Central episode. I may do that one day, because there are a lot of horse lovers around the world. There are now currently about, at any one time, 600 million horses around the world. Okay, our next and final farm animal for this segment. Now, those are cows or cattle, and the domestication of cattle began as early as 10,000 years ago. Brazil has the most cattle about 203 million. World population of cattle is about, at any one time, 1.5 billion. It's 1.5 billion. They've been used by humans mainly as livestock in all parts of the world and used also for production of milk. 10% of all greenhouse gas on the earth comes 
from cattle. Their weight range is 600 to 1,000 pounds, but certain breeds can be as heavy as 3,500 pounds. On their range, their diet is 70% clover and 30% grass. Of course, in captivity, they're fed grain. Their vision is fair, their hearing is poor, and they sleep about four hours per day, and they prefer to do that lying down. And those are the farm animals and the descriptions for today's episode of Animal Central Podcast. All right, I'm going to do a special segment on today's Animal Central, and I'm going to do it for a purpose and a reason. But first, uh, I want to describe what NFTs are. You may have recently heard the phrase, although they've been around for a year or maybe a little bit longer. Not a day goes by that someone on your computer or on your social media or maybe in the news about the initial NFT. Now, you may have a cursory knowledge that is something to do with cryptocurrency and investments or money. Getting into a discussion about crypto or what it's built on, which is the blockchain, or any digital currency you can also access on your computer, I want to focus specifically on NFTs. Let me get you a definition and some examples of NFTs, which is the initial for non-fungible tokens. So what are NFTs and how do they work? Well, NFT stands for non-fungible token. Something that is fungible can be exchanged with an equivalent item. For example, a $5 bill with a $5 bill. NFTs are digital items that can be bought and sold using this blockchain technology. They are not fungible, making them a completely different type of asset. A non-fungible token is a non-interchangeable unit of data stored on a blockchain, a form of digital ledger. Now, types of NFT data units may be associated with files, such as photos, videos, audio, art. And because each token is uniquely identifiable, NFTs can be, like I said, digital art, but they can also be games, music, film, video, and have been of increased public awareness in the last several years with intense awareness in the last few months. Digital art is right now the most common use case for NFTs, and they have received the most attention. Here are two reasons, and I hope you're sitting down for this. Now, remember, this is digital art. The artwork entitled Merge by the artist called Pack, that's spelled P-A-K, was sold for $91.8 million. That's one piece of art sold in December 2021, a few months ago. A second mammoth sale for a piece of art was called Every Days, The First 5,000 Days, by artist Mike Winkleman, known professionally as Beeple. And that was included in an auction of art that he sold in Christie's 
at the last part of 2021 for 69.3 million. All right? 91.8 million for one piece and 69.3 for a collection of digital art. But let me bring this all down to earth for you. Most NFT art sells for around $100 or $200. The trick for you as a buyer is to pick out a piece of art you want to buy and resell for double or triple to make profit. The more art you buy, it is possible, the more art you can sell. In his lifetime, Pablo Picasso made, for all of his art, thousands of pieces of art, and sketches between 100 and 200 million dollars. Well, bought and sold, it's worth many times that now since he passed away because he's not going to be making any more art. Now, let me give you some examples how some very famous people are venturing into the digital NFT art market. Now, talking about Pablo Picasso, I wanted to bring up this article to you uh, that was recently uh, published by the Associated Press, and it's from Geneva. The title of the article is Pablo Heirs Launch Digital Art Pieces. Heirs of Pablo Picasso, the famed 20th century Spanish artist, are vaulting into the 21st century by selling 1,010 digital art pieces of one of his ceramic works that has never before been seen publicly writing a fad for crypto assets, NFTs, that have taken the artwork and financial worlds by storm. These relatives of his granddaughter, and also a son of the granddaughter, they're looking to cash into and ride the wave of the international craze of non-fungible tokens, or NFTs. Picasso, his family's promoters say, would mark the entry of a grandmaster into the game. Second article. You remember Melania Trump, wife of the former president of the United States, Donald Trump? The former first lady announced last month that she is selling an NFT or non-fungible token titled Melania's Vision, her first public endeavor since leaving office almost one year ago. I mean, there's so much that she could do because she's a former first lady. And what is she going to do? She's going to sell digital art. The NFT is a digital art to be sold on her newly launched platform, which will release NFTs regularly. I am proud to announce that my new NFT endeavor, which embodies my passion for the arts, will support my ongoing commitment to the children through my Be Best initiative, Trump said in a statement. Through this technology-based platform, we will provide children with computer science skills, including programming and software development, to thrive after they age out of the foster community. And their first NFT is a watercolor by Marc-Antoine Coulon that includes an audio recording of Melania Trump, according to the press release. So what does all of this have to do with the Animal Central podcast, or me, Frederick Fishman, the host and creator of this podcast. Well, I'll tell you why now. Several years ago, I wrote a 12-book series called Visit the Zoo. It's still available for download on Kindle or in print, and even in audiobook format under the Animal Central name. It highlighted 120 animals from around the world with introductory descriptions of each animal with over 200 
photographs from a library of thousands of animal pictures I took now stored in my computer. Now, several months ago, I began to turn those pictures into art by converting the photographs into art. Oil paint, watercolor, sketch art. I'm just beginning that process, and I've established a marketplace for this art on the OpenSea website to sell my original art to the public as NFTs. I am uploading artwork every week, and I am turning some of my most stunning and beautiful photographs into NFT art. And I hope you will go to my exhibition site at the following URL address. Go to openc.io forward slash Frederick Art. That's open, O-P-E-N-C-S-E-A, one word, openc.io forward slash Frederick Art. It's all one word. I have thousands of these photographs, like I said, that I'm turning into art. I will be uploading and presenting them for a long time to come. So that's everything you wanted to know about NFT and what I'm doing with NFTs. And that is a wrap for today's Animal Central podcast number 104. And I want to thank you very much for joining us here at Animal Central. Tune in again for more fascinating animal news, stories, descriptions, sounds, poems, jokes, and maybe a surprise or two. Thanks for joining me, and see you again soon on another episode of Animals Central.